0: This is Brian Peckford. This is Danielle Smith. This is Glenn Healy. Hey, everybody. This is Paul Brandt. This is Dr. Peter McCullough. Hi, everyone. This is Jamie Soleil, and welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast.
1: Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Friday. Hope everybody's week is rolling along. We got a good one on tap for you today, of course, uh, a friend of the podcast, QDM. But before we get there, let's get to our episode sponsors, Upstream Data, Stephen Barber and the team. Uh, You may recall episode 163. If you haven't uh, tuned into that one, I suggested all about uh, Bitcoin and 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 how uh, Upstream Data, you know, even back then, um, was pioneering uh, creative solutions for vented and flared natural gas in the upstream oil and gas facilities. They take Bitcoin miners and stick them on, you know, wasted gas and turn it into uh, mining opportunities. And uh, it's pretty slick little operation. I got to uh, tour uh, inside their their facility here in Lloydminster and. Um, you know, pretty slick little units they, they put together and they have, you know, different, uh, units for different spots. Obviously it all began with, uh, um, doing the, the, the flared gas, but, uh, I mean, they can fit in, they can go in your home, your garage, your barn, uh if you don't have flare gas but you want to you want to run it out on an oil uh, oil field site they got different ways to do that with uh with gas engines and everything else so if you're looking for uh more info go to upstreamdata.ca and uh they can get you hooked up rectech uh power products uh, have been committed to excellence in the power sports industry they offer a full lineup including can-am Ski-Doo, Sea-Doo, spider mercury Evinrude, mahindra roxer and with a parts department that can hook you up with any odds or upgrades uh, in the maintenance field, and they're open Monday through Saturday. For further details, visit them at rectechpowerproducts.com. HSI Group, they're your local oil field burners and combustion experts that can help make sure you have a compliance system working for you. The team also offers security, surveillance, and automation products for residential, commercial, livestock, and agricultural applications. They use technology to give you peace of mind so you can focus on the things that truly matter. Stop in today, 3902 52nd Street, or give Brody or Kim a call. At 306-825-6310. Gartner Management, Lloyd Minster-based company specializing in rental properties. Uh, so if you uh, you need an office or you got multiple employees, maybe you need a little more than that, give way to call at 780-808-5025.
0: Now, quick, where are we on to? Today's Tale of the Tape on the Sean Newman Podcast is brought to you by Huge Cock Petroleum. Who writes this stuff?
1: Close enough quick. Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals, delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at hancockpetroleum.ca. From Snapchat handle to YouTube star, now with his own comedy tour. I'm talking about Quick Dick McDick. So buckle up. Here we go.
0: This is Quick Dick McDick. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. I am joined by Mister QDM. Uh, I'm glad uh, that you weren't pulling my legs. You know, We're, uh, the listener never knows about this. You know, uh, first off, thanks for joining me, sir. I should Thanks start for there.
0: Me, it's always a, always a pleasure to, to sit down and hang out for a little bit, man. You know,
1: I uh, we were supposed to do this Sunday, and uh, this episode comes on Friday. So, uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. It was supposed to come out earlier than that. Anyways, we were supposed to do it Sunday. And then, uh, you know, for the listener, I get a text after I've been texting Bueller, Bueller all day long, like, where's Quick Deck? You know, uh, oh. he, he goes, you know, the ball tournament gets away from me, and I'd seen your post on it. And now you got broken, you got broken ribs or cracked ribs. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Dude. yeah I've got a, a six and seven are fractured and seven's <laughs> displaced. My um, last, so I don't know which number ribs or which or whatever, but that's what the doctor told me anyways. And uh, so full disclosure, like my booking agent is a real asshole and <laughs> uh, he's hard to deal with. He's got a beard. He thinks he knows everything. And uh yeah, apparently we had a miscommunication. I thought we were going to be sitting down Monday and it turns out it's Sunday. And then, yeah, like, so I'm um, of course a tough little sports day. Not that we drink any beer there at all whatsoever. And uh yeah, uh, like wasn't paying attention to my phone and then yeah, I got like, like three texts from Sean being like, so are we doing this tonight or what? Well, don't like, feel I bad. Been- my,
1: I, I, the reason I wasn't worried about it one bit. And uh I think if you've been following along with this show for well since the beginning you know the story by now but my producer is a bit of an asshole because if you recall the first time we sat down um we sat and we talked me and quick you know getting to know each other and uh we talked for like two hours right oh thanks quick that was amazing you know and it was quick dick's first podcast and i was just like over the moon like click out of it and all of a sudden i didn't press record like none of it
0: was recorded push the go button on it man you know, so you trying to make me feel better about this. I appreciate it. I you're really do, say, you're
1: saying your booking agent's an asshole. I'm just saying my producer, he's real dick. We'll get those Disgusting. two guys in a room and, and teach him a lesson. Yeah,
0: maybe they'll, maybe they'll get themselves figured out, but, uh, yeah. So anyways, yeah, it was at the South sports day and, uh, I guess, I don't know my mind figures. I'm still 20 years old and my body's closer to 40 and, uh, yeah, I went, uh, trying to motivate the team to have some fun and carry on. And I just went, uh, I sold out right over the home run fence to try and catch a ball. Missed the ball landed on a rock. Uh, yeah. A couple of fractured ribs tried to keep playing and then, uh, missed a, I was at the home plate taking a swing and I just kind of ticked the foul ball. And of course you're swinging for the fence on every swing you take in slow pitch, right? Never. And, uh, Yeah, man. Uh, that was the end of my baseball career this year. I only play one day of baseball every year with slow pitch. And, and that was it. That ended it.
1: So, that ended it. That may have ended a career or you'll be back next year.
0: Oh no. I'm hoping we're healed up by next year. Actually, I'm hoping this is healed in like four or five days. Cause I'm not getting a lot done here lately. So <laughs> I don't know if you know me that well, but I don't do very well sitting around, Sit around. doing anything either. Yeah. <laughs> So. i
1: i chuckle because when you're like you know you're just you're just getting old or you know what my body's getting old i um so i'm nursing i uh i tore uh one of the what is it ligaments tendon whatever in my knee and uh you know how it happened playing hockey quick all right and yeah. nobody touched me not a single person touched me i did it to myself oh. and uh and i i've been i've had a bum knee all summer so I've been, I've been like, when you say, I, I feel like I'm 20, the body is telling me you're an idiot. You ain't even close to 20 anymore.
0: It feels like just yesterday we were sitting down to podcast, Sean. Now look at us old <laughs> in the retirement home, eating Metamucil, <laughs> drinking insure, talking uh, about our injuries.
1: I went out, we went out for, um, our anniversary and, uh, um, went out with, uh, some of the other family members, their anniversaries are all already at the same time. So all of us went out, right? And, right. you know, we went out and we're the only ones that that have kids. Oh, that's a lot. One of the other couples has kids. Um, so we go out. Anyways, we're having a grand old time. Did a little dancing. Haven't done that in forever. And uh, the wife decides we're well, going to have some stop shots. You
0: there. So when you're dancing, are you two-stepping or are you like getting out and doing the old hands in front of you, side-stepping kind of thing? Or where are you at with the dancing?
1: Uh, actually, it was a little bit of mix everything there quick. Nice. I did a little two-stepping. I did something that maybe resembled some odd dance and and then I had uh, a couple of them fine shots that my wife wanted to have. She wanna do some shots. I'm like, Oh, we're feeling young tonight. All right. Let me tell you the next day, death. I felt like death. I haven't ever I can't remember the last time I wanted to puke. Like I'm literally where you you know, you drink too, eh? Oh, I was at it. Too many shots. Yeah,
0: it means you had a fun night, man.
1: Oh, we had a grand old night. Grand old night.
0: That's hilarious. But what is it about shots that just make you a better dancer though? You know what I mean? (laughs) confidence the or confidence you think booster. you're a better dancer you anyways, think you're a better uh, dancer yeah <laughs> now I've been there
1: <laughs> been there um you know we were talking about uh, rex murphy before we started one of the yeah. i feel like this is a throwback to i can't remember how long ago it was you know i should have looked this up when the first time i had you on it's been a while um but it was it was the vegan protester uh, diet or something yeah. along those lines and I, I you know as soon as i saw it i'm like it's time to have quick on uh your your uh the KDA fertilizer band video. I was like, I need somebody to talk to about this. I can't think of anyone better than yourself. The only guy better is the guy we're talking about. I think one guy can one up you. That would be Rex Murphy. I think he would be an excellent conversationalist on this. But uh I don't know, man. You you that's your world. This is attacking your world. I know you use yeah. humor and everything else on it, but uh you know I'm curious, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, it, it's. Uh, I mean, first things first. It's not a fertilizer ban, right? It's. Uh, it's a targeted Fair. reduction in emissions. Emissions,
1: thirty percent emissions yeah. ban, total emissions. Uh,
0: and and I'm. Uh, I, you know what? I'm actually. A, anybody that doesn't know this, I'm not a. I'm not a professional in in farming. There are people that have been to school and spent twenty, thirty, forty years in the agriculture industry, learning things on how genetics work and how different chemicals and fertilizers and whatnot work and. I guess one of the things I tried to highlight in that video was that uh, we might not be complete and absolute professionals, but we work with professionals uh, because the first thing a farmer, believe it or not, will do, if they're not 100% sure what they're doing is they'll ask a professional's opinion kind of thing, right? Which is why we started doing a lot of work. And I work on on the Bar Ranch with uh, with Mark Rogers, right? This guy's been at this for a long time. Um, And uh, this targeted... uh, Total reduction in emissions is uh it, it is an attack in a sense, and that 's why I say in this video is that uh, it's it's not a ban on fertilizer yet uh, but what we 've seen i think from this government for a long time I and mean, we look at carbon tax and a whole bunch of different things uh, is the government overreaching and trying to take maybe one statistic that they get in one part of Canada and then blanket apply it to the rest of the country and where we really get lost specifically in agriculture is uh there's not a, a one size fits all solution for anything that happens in agriculture on anybody's farm, because we farm just outside of Tufnell We're halfway between foam lake and Tufnell and we farm differently than guys that are five, six, seven miles away from us, Sean, let alone 700, 7,000 miles away from us kind of thing, because soil conditions are different. Weather patterns are going to be different. Uh, absolutely everything is different everywhere that you farm. And when you see the government start to come in with a lot of these things that they're proposing now, which are just targeted emissions reductions, there's a lot of people that are already doing what they're targeting, which is what I tried to explain in this video. And uh, we get, a, as far as I'm concerned, a dangerous rhetoric coming from the government because you get the message out there from your government being like, well, we're emitting too much from using specific fertilizers in agriculture and we're going to change that. And I'm not the kind of guy that likes. We've talked about this a little bit before too, in a few different podcasts. I don't like going out and calling people a bunch of ridiculous names like an insane climate cult. But it's it's time to call out what's happening for for real here, because it's in in my opinion, it's it's getting dangerous to start having these conversations out there that that modern agriculture is is, is killing the the world, and that we're the stuff I've seen in the comments that we have burnt soil uh that's uh, just an obscene amount of chemicals applied to our food that are growing out of burnt soil and you have a lot of people that are talking about using you know chicken manure and a few different things in, in your garden to make life better well th- th- like that's fantastic if i support a lot of those things but that doesn't change the fact that uh we can't organically use enough chicken manure on a on a four thousand acre uh farm to to be able to make things viable here right um and I think, that's a, I think that's a big problem with, the, with what the government's up here is is a big blanket, total reduction in emissions. Well, that's great, but you, you can't blanket agriculture because it's different absolutely everywhere,
1: right? And I, um, I see a growing trend of uh, trying to apply one solution that may work in a certain area, vicinity, and this goes beyond agriculture. Uh, and trying to use that one solution to go across all of Canada or hell, you don't even need to go that big across mm-hmm. Alberta, Saskatchewan, you get the point. And I mean, just like every farm's different. Uh, every life is different. I, I had on um, Jocelyn Berziek, uh First Nations lady, construction company, every First Nations uh, area is different, right? When it comes to um, trying to, put out one solution to fix all of their problems it's not that simple it's a complex system Mm -hmm. it's one of the things i loved about your video is it really broke down like how complex this is and then on different parts how you know what they're targeting and what canada has to offer like there's just it's hard to wrap my head around yeah how we can be at this point where you're like well this could be this rhetoric could be extremely dangerous i i don't think it can be extremely i think it is and i i'm actually like honestly here in canada i think i think it's rex murphy's article that says you know uh, these type of things aren't going to end up hurting canadians probably it will a little bit but what he's talking about was uh you know you start reducing the amount of food we produce to the world who suffers on that not people in saskatchewan prices probably go up but the people where they don't produce food and now there's famine i mean jeez like, we're in this weird world of like energy, food, all these different shortages, inflation going weird, like, or going up, not weird, you know, like, just like the world keeps getting stranger. And instead of our leaders and maybe leader uh, changing his tune, he keeps marching the same old drum beat here. And that's what's and, and getting strange.
0: Almost not even marching the same drum beat, but like doubling down harder on it. Yeah yeah, you know, mean, yeah, is- yeah, yeah, that's maybe better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, it's, it's very confusing to me, and that's a, a big thing, even if we look at energy, um, you know, with uh, with running an emissions cap on our oil and gas, sec- gas sector, and then basically, you know, the next week being like, we really need to increase uh, oil and gas production and exports kind of thing, right? Same thing, we, we start talking about increasing wheat production and food production in Canada, and then in the next breath being like, we're looking for a total reduction on emissions on fertilizer kind of thing, which is... I feel like the point hopefully that I got across in the video is that uh for a lot of agricultural producers that already work with the the best land stewardship that they possibly can and the newest technology who who are already reducing, you know, their footprint sometimes by 30% or more. Um it, it's it's just like can you imagine being the person that's there being like a government saying, hey, this is what we're gonna do after you've been, you know, carbon taxed to death and whatnot with your operation? And anything that you are spending your money on trying to make your business run more efficient and use less input, then you have a government being like, we're just going to go for a total reduction. The, the problem is, is that uh, you're like, okay, yeah, we're already doing it. The chances of us getting credit for the amount of, you know, low to zero till that a person's done for the last 20 years or anything that we've done up to this point in time to, you know, to mitigate waste. Uh, be it on inputs or be it a, a lower emissions target that we wind up hitting just just by mitigating waste and running our business more efficiently. Uh, you start to get worried when a government says something like this because it's what they like to do is to paint everything with one brush. We're going to be like, we're going to take it down this road. and You can be like, guys, I'm already there. And if you want to come with a brush and paint all of, of Canadian agriculture with the same brush and say, this is what everybody needs to do, the people who've already invested hundreds and thousands of dollars in equipment and technology to try and get their targets where they're at right now, which is what I say in the videos. So are, are we going to take what we've done and all the progress that we made and then be faced with yet another target that we have to hit that we can't because we've already trimmed all the fat off our operation that we can? That's, that's terrifying. And a lot of people were very upset with me because of how I named the video and they're like, well, it's not a fertilizer ban. Yeah, no, I know. That That's literally the first thing I say in the video, right? Is that this is not a fertilizer ban. And a lot of people have accused me of this being like a clickbait title and a few different <laughs> terms that they want to use it, what it was. But I can tell you one thing is there's two people that I want to talk to. You know, this, we've gone over this a, a lot of times with the, with the great conversations that we've had in the past is I don't care about views or likes or clicks, Or anything, And I might be one of the only YouTubers out there that doesn't start off with being like, subscribe to my channel and make sure to like and leave a comment and all this shit. (laughs) Typically, what I'll say is if you don't like what I'm saying, go down and give me a thumbs down. You know what I mean? Like, because I don't, I don't give a shit. But uh, there's two people that I want to talk to when I made this video. Sorry, I'm getting out of breath with this whole ribs thing. There's, there's two people that I want to talk to when I made this video. And the first people that I want to talk to are the people that think that this is a fertilizer ban because it's not. So when somebody sees that, they want to jump at it and be like, yeah, the fertilizer ban, Dick's talking about it. First thing, hey, this is not a fertilizer ban. And the second thing is people that are hearing that it's a fertilizer ban in Canada are going to look at this and be like, I, that's what I want to talk about. So what I try to do is to be like, yeah, let's talk about this fertilizer ban and how this is not a fertilizer ban, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be concerned about it, right? And so... Hopefully, I broke down everything enough to the point where people were going to be like, okay, so this is kind of where things are at. And maybe at best, what the government's going to do here is spend millions and or billions of dollars, maybe just even trying to quantify what we actually do right now and see if that just hits our target by itself, which I would be willing to bet that if we started quantifying what we actually sequester for carbon versus what we emit for greenhouse gases... Last study I could find was that we were negative 33 megatons carbon negative in the agriculture industry in Canada. A short-term sequestration because when you send it, so why sh- would you do that? Of-
1: if you're sitting as the government, quick. Mm-hmm. And I mean this in the best possible way. <laughs> a guy named the best Quick Best possible Dick- way about our government? No. Well, no. I mean, Quick Dick McDick sitting out in Tufnel, Saskatchewan, can figure out that holy shit, actually we're probably doing more than our part with our ag industry right now. Mm -hmm. Why go down this road then of not a fertilizer. Thank you for clarifying an emissions target on the ag industry. Why go down this road? If you already know with a couple of phone calls that we don't need to do this.
0: That's uh, that's a very good question, Sean. And I think, uh, I'm I'm not a guy that plays into the to the whole huge huge WEF uh, controlling the world conspiracy thing or whatever, right? But is it? But at this point, uh, is
1: it? But at this point, is it? I, and I don't mean is it that it's not that big of a conspiracy uh, theory when uh, Schwab talks about having uh, young leaders in all the different things and Canada having a big part in the World Economic Forum.
0: It's I think it's where you see um, a lot of influence. Uh, coming into politics of different countries, right? Because, like, it, I'm not going to sit here and say that Trudeau and a lot of his uh, acolytes haven't drank the Kool Aid and and are pursuing a lot of these grandeur ideas of you know what globalism kind of thing, right? Um, but like, I honestly like I honestly don't believe that uh, that Klaus Schwab is like hands on behind the scenes, just pulling the strings of everything. This is a this is an idea I think that people have been exposed to that are like, yeah, let's jump on this train and let's see what we can do to make things different, which when, when we start talking about globalism or making the globe a better place, that's why policies like this make absolutely no sense to me whatsoever, which is what I tried to explain in the video is if, if we were all in this really to, to globally reduce greenhouse gas emissions, um, well, we need to be doing a lot more with our oil and gas industry instead of capping it and doing less with it. Right. Where I yeah. made the you know the comparison of how we could lower 30% of global greenhouse gas emissions just by replacing coal-fired power generation with, with Canada's LNG, right? Uh, but then when it comes down even to our agriculture industry of, of, of what we have the ability to, to to environmentally friendly produce here in Canada, like you say, feed the rest of the world with... If, if we're trying to meet this 30% reductions goal on top of what we're already doing, there, there's only one solution, and that is to use less fertilizer. And if we start using less fertilizer, we get less yields. And if we get less yields, yeah, we're always, well, hopefully, always going to be able to provide Canada with the food that we need to eat. Yeah, but you, when when you start,
1: when you start, sorry, when you start talking like that, you can see where the dominoes go, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not that far to go. Oh, if we start using less fertilizer and we produce less food, and if you're producing less food, what happens to all your exports? Or maybe you need to keep, you know, you just you start flowing around. Yeah, what ends up going on there? It's it's just i don't know does that happen overnight quick you're you're better at, uh, I, w- I always think that something like that is something that the average person probably doesn't like can't just see like a bomb dropping in the city and you can visibly see it overnight you're like oh my god did you see did you see the hail last night and what the damage it did this is something maybe that has a little bit of a slower trickle i would guess um whether uh, to that's a, a-
0: to a certain extent yeah yeah i think so and uh, it, it's it's there's just so many different facets to it. And that's why I tried to, to tie in the fuel, uh, clean fuel standard with it a little bit, because this is another place where, you know, we talk about food grade crops, which, you know, I use canola for an example, but I mean, there's corn and a few different crops, whatever that you would want to derive ethanol from and use using biofuels and whatnot. But uh, I've had a lot of people come back to me and be like, yeah, but canola is not a food. And I'm like, or we don't eat canola. I had one guy saying, I was like, I, I, I'm gonna stop you right there, okay? So, have you ever had margarine? Maybe they don't eat margarine. Maybe they don't, or maybe they don't eat fried foods. They never had a French fry in their life, or uh, or they've never had a chicken finger or something like that, right? Like these are <laughs> these are places where we where we use canola oil even in frying foods or whatnot. And that was a big thing at, at the Tufnell Sports Day here the other day. We we're talking about uh, how much you guys selling a, a half dozen pierogies here for? They're like, well, three fifty. We're like, are you guys making any money at that? They're like, no. like our fryer oil has quadrupled in price over the last little while. Well, really, hey, eh? like, isn't that just magic? How that works, right? So, like, I, I feel like this is just a really big disconnect between uh, rural and urban, and, and like everyone. Keep saying it's it's a left right divide that that's splitting the world apart right now, which to a certain extent I'll agree with, but I really feel like our urban versus rural disconnect is is really what's fueling a lot well, of this stuff. Where Trudeau will sit down and, and make a policy that somebody just brings up to him just based on the fact he's like, yeah, well this this kind of fits this this little group that we've got together here where we're trying to you know do a lot of these different environmental policies and whatnot, and yeah, that sounds that sounds like it'll 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 work for our voter base. Because the government's job isn't to run the country properly. They couldn't give a shit about running it properly. Their job is to get reelected. That's it. It's the only thing any government's ever there for, right?
1: Well, I don't know if me and you have talked about this or not, but I've brought this up a lot on this podcast, that the rural-urban divide, I'm sure this was way back when when me and you first sat down because I talked to you. Now that I'm talk, thinking about this, this is where you talked about the um, maybe your grandfather working on the the government uh, uh, pasture land building fences and that type of thing and we were talking about that at way back when in covid anyways um rural urban divide i mean it's 83.2% i think in canada and you go you can understand why there's been a disconnect on how our food's grown you know even what oil and and uh, the energy sector how that runs how how many safety environmental uh, standards have been put into there and it's just it's just a disconnect there's no whether or not there's no education on it or not quick uh it's almost like cities or that i don't know who it is they just don't care they don't they don't care that safety is still not good enough but what but w- at what point is what what is good enough and then on top of that like all the stuff you use in a day i use in a day i, I don't have to put it on anyone else i'm like I, I can't speak out about pretty much anything at this point because like pretty much all of it comes from people that I respect that are doing things that are ag, energy, oil and gas, that type of thing. And it's so more com- complex. And if you go back 50 years, the 70s till now, it's like night and day in Canada, at least how these things are produced, the stipulations and you know, like, uh, farming is man, like watching farmers now, it's almost, you could, you could have, well, you do, you, you do a show on it, but I mean, like you could literally make a TV show on how scientific it is now to get the best yields, uh, to do the right things, to make sure crops grow properly, to make sure the soil is good, to make sure this guy is crazy. So so
0: like, Like coming to you from the, from the inside of agriculture, like just staying within, you know, like I'm, I'm nowhere near the, in the lane that's, that so many people are. I'm, I'm in the farthest outside lane in agriculture. There is, I'm still learning so much every day, every day, every day, the technology and knowledge and how people operate in agriculture, which is why I tried to highlight just a a few small things that we do in this video, but. So, so,
1: so, so is it, sorry, quick. You think it's, do you think, From farm, you know, we talked about, um, when you were on with me and two, as we talked about cattle for a quick second. And do you think it's just like, uh, a poor job of cattlemen, uh, farmers in general,
0: cattle, cattle people, cattle, people kind,
1: right, right. People kind that's right. Uh, Of, of like not getting ahead of it, but you can kind of see how it's going. Everything's getting attacked. Everything that yeah. should not get attacked is getting attacked. Is it a poor job of of letting people understand, or people don't want to understand?
0: I I think it's probably a combination of the two. And uh, like it, like let's say look at my situation for example. I've been given this unique opportunity to be able to make these productions and and have high viewership on them, right? Uh, but even even the crowd that my content reaches typically is a crowd that already knows. What, what I'm trying to talk about and they enjoy viewing it. And, and I get that viewership because they find it entertaining. Right. Um, And we, we've kind of touched on that before, but the mo- more important people that you need to reach are the people that really have no idea of what's going on. And a lot of times, I, like I will say, even on the fertilizer band video, I like, I I go about it in moderately the wrong way of trying to connect to the audience that really needs to hear it. But at the same time, it's so crucial that the audience that doesn't want to hear that we're chasing emissions reduction can know that, that they can feel good in doing the work that they're doing. They don't need to feel like there's a boot on the back of their head. They need a pat on the back and just be told to keep doing what you're doing and let's keep moving in this direction kind of thing. The federal government can handle this so different. When we have Marie-Claude Bebeau come in front of, every, of of a bunch of agriculture producers and be like, I, I realize that the target we're setting is ambitious. Can't we, pardon my French, but can't we be fucking realistic? Can we just say, he, he, you know what? Let's quantify what we're already doing and let's see where we're at and then go from there. But we don't, we want to have this woke narrative running around being like, we are going to reduce these emissions, which is another thing that I tried to point out in this video is right now we have a best guess of what we emit for nitrous oxide from fertilizer right now. It's, it's, it's a, it's a bullshit equation that uses estimates from different temperate zones in Canada, which there are how many of it, it, it's just, it it's completely asinine that they would do something like this on, on estimates. Be like, yeah, I, you know what? I think that I shit about four pounds in the morning, but I'm not sure. And we're just going to use an estimate on the displacement of the water in the bowl versus how hard it flushes to get figured out how much you actually shit in the morning. Well, I've got an idea. Why don't we come up with a, figure if we it's really important to us Weigh how much shit is there instead of just using a bunch of numbers that we're using best guess on it's insane
1: I was having a conversation a day or two ago about uh, in politics and I don't mean this to every politician because I certainly know a few good ones out there but uh, in in politics you can fail and still be promoted Mm -hmm. you can you know but when you're in blue collar industries, when you're farming, if you don't produce a field, you're broke. If you got a, you know, if you're a mechanic, but you can't fix, you know, an engine to save your life, you're broke. You know, if you're a woodworker, but can't put two pieces of wood together, you are broke, you know, and it's like pretty damn quick. These policies Are being made by mostly people who have never stepped a foot in the field or, you know, extrapolate that to wherever you want to go. Uh, and I just I have, go, Oh yeah. Fire. So
0: th- like I have a great amount of respect for people that have gone to school and got degrees in their, in their specific genres that, uh, that they want to be experts in. I, I have a lot of respect for that. And I realize it takes a, a huge financial commitment, a time commitment and a commitment as you as a person. But, uh, Sean, like what you're saying, man, like we've got a government right now that can't seem to organize anybody getting a passport or moving traffic through, uh, through airports. And I feel like is one of, one of many important points that I tried to make in this video. But if, if we have a government that's, that's running a country into debt by $145 million a day at 1.17 trillion, uh, debt load right now, um, I'm, I'm really not interested in taking business advice or, from them or how we need to start managing um, on-farm fertilizer use because if, if you can't display to me that in any way, shape, form, or capacity, you can make one thing work within government, even getting yourselves fucking paid uh what business do you have of trying to tell me how i need to manage on-farm fertilizer use i I want
1: everybody i want everybody to listen to uh envision rex murphy saying this because i'll do i'm not going to even try i'm just going to read his words okay here's
0: some serious okay yeah here's here's what rex
1: yeah here's what rex murphy uh says toronto always yearned to be the world renowned city but not in this way has had its main airport deemed the world's worst the government of what? Should be a great country is buying lawn chairs for citizens stranded in endless lines waiting for passports. A democracy-minded woman from Medicine Hat is sitting in an Ottawa jail over highly technical breach of bail conditions while volatile offenders wander freely outside in the summer air. Inquiries into possible interferences and massive police investigations and the first-time invocation of the Emergencies Act are stumbling along with questionable effectiveness. That was the opening paragraph of his article. And, I mean, that isn't even... There's more. There's more things going on in Canada. It's just... We're in a... We're upside down in Canada right now. We can't get fast enough to the next election. I hope where he is out... I don't see how this... You know, but I didn't see how the last time... even you've talked about that. But it, it seems like, you know... I'll read one more he goes and as as a recent national post editorial noted Justin Trudeau in the face of all of this as I just listed has been floating around the country like a butterfly flitting in and out of one venue after another but of course exempted by virtue of his status in the government jet from the tribulations anxieties and turmoil of our now famous Pearson holding port.
0: (laughs) Ah, the guy really does sock sock some dingers, and he's like it. it, He's my kind of poetic as well. Uh, I I like how he uses the English language to uh to lambaste some of the stuff. He does a great job of it, but uh, it's it's just another problem. And like, there's a lot of Trudeau supporters that blindly support uh you know the Liberal Party of Canada and Justin Trudeau, that uh, that try and defend. The, the use of the amount of private jet setting that the guy does in his carbon footprint. And everyone's like, I'm getting really tired of this debate by conservatives and everything that, you know, this, okay. me too. I, I hate having to just keep bringing up the most obvious thing on planet earth of a person that doesn't give a low hanging the no low hanging fruit. Yeah it's the lowest hanging, but the most obvious fruit. And that's why I've had a lot of guys approach me trying to help promote, you know, selling carbon offsets as farmers and getting a lot of these programs that are coming back into our limelight again. And I'm so against them because all that that does is it takes stewards of the land that work as hard as they can to, uh, to work with mother nature and our environment and our land to, to ensure that we're going to be able to keep producing safe and sustainable food for generations to come. Uh, I don't want to provide the ammunition for Justin Trudeau to be able to go on television. And when someone asks, well, like, aren't you polluting by flying your jet here? And you'll say, well, I actually bought carbon offsets for it. I don't fucking care what you bought for it. It doesn't matter what you buy for it. Buying anything is just, it's completely lucrative and it's just another setup for a bunch of different companies that actually make a commission off of selling the hard work that farmers have done to sequester carbon to a bunch of highfalutin rich fucks that don't care about the environment that have the money to buy these credits and just be like, well, just it, it makes us feel okay about this.
1: You think he goes to uh, Costa Rica just to get away from being yelled at? Have you seen any of the latest, like, I feel like everywhere he goes in Canada, he's being chased by somebody angry with a phone, just screaming obscenities.
0: I think he's being chased in a lot of places. And, uh, and to be honest, I, I, I don't see the, I don't see the value in it. When people film themselves grossing out Justin Trudeau, um, shouting obscenities at them. I'm just like, you're really making the case worse for everybody. Do you, if that's what you got to go do kind of thing. I mean, and I'm by no stretch of the imagination, innocent. (laughs) I have obviously roasted Justin Trudeau on my channel, but I mean, I'm not standing there in person in front of the guy doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, but to be honest, Matt, I like I like I don't give a shit that Trudeau went to Costa Rica. Um,
1: I don't I don't give a I, shit. I don't give a shit either. But I do find it interesting that he just jet sets. He's like I, you know, like I have a rough day at work, or when I used to have a rough day at work, you know, I go sit on the back deck, drink a cold one, hop on a podcast with Quick Dick, make get made fun of for drinking American beer, and just enjoy I myself. You're right? Drinking
0: water tonight
1: uh i'm drinking water tonight uh that could also be equivalent of an american beer anyways besides the point um but when 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 you're in his role he's like i literally can't go i i could be wrong on this but i literally don't think he can go anywhere in canada at this point and sit outside and have a beer that's how bad of a job he's doing like nobody's sitting there going hey trudeau great job the only way he gets that is if he books a private party and says listen there will be no cheering and no yelling or no nothing. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be yeah. a mausoleum here. We're going to walk around and it's going to be like you're on the golf course and, and nobody's allowed a soft applause. Yeah. That's it.
0: No, like absolutely. And that's uh, and like part of that, in my opinion, looks good on because that's what happens when you play identity politics and you are one of the most divisive prime ministers in, in Canada's history. You're, you're going to reap what you sow. Uh, and like, to my point of being like, I don't, I don't care that he's gone on vacation. It's like, like, I don't care who you are. Everybody deserves a vacation. Go have your vacation or not, but do not have the audacity to talk to me about, uh, about emissions from my operation when throughout the course of one week, you will emit, uh, more CO2 into, into the world's air than I will in eight years of, of growing crops and raising cattle that that's the issue that I have here. And to me, it's, it's the lowest hanging fruit that's out there. It's what all of the true and on cult just, just runs around being like, I'm really tired of having this debate. And I'm like me too, because it is just so fucking obvious that your whole group just doesn't care. If if you cared, you would not be having natural gas in your furnace. You would not be driving a vehicle that burns gasoline and you would not promote a prime minister that spends how many days in July did this guy spend in the air on his jet total. I just heard it and the numbers escaping me, but it will blow your mind. Well, and I'm the I'm the criminal for driving a, a eco-diesel to uh, to a comedy show that gets 30 miles to the gallon. I'm trying to do my part, you know. Hell fuck, did you see what happened with Donna Harpower? Chartered a plane for eight grand to fly to North Battleford to have a <laughs> conversation about the budget after we're broke. Like it, like it's not just federal. You can't make this shit up. Like I mean, fuck me. <laughs> Two summer, a summer here.
1: Summer twos is laughing because we've literally talked about her going to North Battleford just and like breaking that down. About. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, geez, you know, we could probably make a new company if I go back to that. I think me and twos are talking about uh, getting a limo, a party limo, drinks, uh, Saskatchewan beer. And you know now you get the the four hour drive and luxury, and it still wouldn't come out to the eight grand to fly, uh, privately. You know, there.
0: <laughs> you're right on me. These guys, but they're you know over two hundred grand in catering on uh, on Mary Simon's fucking jet. You <laughs> never heard of a twenty four pack of beer, a pack of bologna and some cheese? I can promise you, we're gonna have just as good of a time, if not better. We're gonna have a better like,
1: time. We're gonna have a better like, time.
0: It's but like that's it's just there's just, it's very, very obvious that there are, you know, several classes of people in Canada. And uh, I, I just, I I am getting to the point where I'm very, very fed up and full of a lot of this woke shit uh, that is just completely irrelevant. They just cancel every point that they try and make with every move that they make. I'm just like, am I the only one that sees this? Or like, am I just getting to the point where I'm like, I can't even talk about this shit anymore Cause I just keep beating the same drum over and over again. Cause no, like nothing changes, nothing fixes. They just are the most hypocritical individuals I've ever seen in my natural born life. And uh, nobody else sees it. Like there's, there's a, a, just a blind group of supporters that keep propping people like this up. And I honestly, I, you know what? I can't wait to actually meet Donna Harpower in person because fuck, do I want to talk to her about that flight? Be like donna for 500 bucks in a case of pilsner I I'll, drove drive like a North I'll drive Battleford. you i'll drive and we'll have a lot l- went and got Would have got drunk with my brother and marshall that night and then i would have drove your ass back home the next day what's a hotel room worth for fuck's sake you want me to run the numbers on this shit for you folks you know what fuck, let's buy a fifth wheel and uh, i'll just pull it around you can have booze in it you can get drunk while i drive you everywhere you can do whatever the hell you want just
1: ask a bunch of small town SAS boys how to, how to fix this, uh, a, a sober driver, a case of booze, and we'll, we'll get you fixed up. You have more fun. We'll, we'll, sa- we'll save the
0: budget. Sean, we've been in training for this, for this profile <laughs> for years, man. You know, they've got advisors and assistants that book this stuff or whatever. We're like, fuck, we've trained for this shit all our lives. My dad taught me how to keep it cheap. You could still get wasted and have just as good a time. You just got to lower your standards for what you eat and where you sleep a little bit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Bunch of pretentious bastards. (laughs)
1: Uh, You know, I I don't know if I've mentioned this aloud. Maybe, maybe uh, when you were on with me in twos, but November 5th, when you come to town, uh, gold horse casino, which
0: I'm super pumped for, by the way.
1: So uh, to the listener, uh, I'm, i gotta drive I said, that, that was good i that i forgot all about the flight to north battleford to be honest I'd like I, me and two is doing all the the headlines i swear
0: to god you I got, can't, I gotta get caught up on mashup i'm so far behind this you ridiculous. can't
1: you cannot believe how many ridiculous headlines and things are going on each week pretty much in canada i mean there's other things going on it's just like we cannot be this stupid but that's what happens over and over anyways uh, whatever. I I can go on about that. I do it every Tuesday because I'm just like I don't even know if I want to talk about them spending so much money on a plane again. Like I literally just nine. talked about this every single week. It's just it's going on. Anyways, mm-hmm. November fifth will be a ton of fun because you're you and Twos uh both coming to town. Lloydminster Gold Horse Horror, Casino Ticks actually don't go on sale till September first, so nobody can go grab one just yet. But Ooh, um,
0: small I'm, selling window. I like it. Well,
1: I don't, I don't know. I two months i i look at it and i go i don't know what i'm doing uh two weeks let alone two months in advance so november yeah, yeah. 5th though a saturday in lloyd that'll be fun i bet you there'll be a few pilsner drank that night
0: several there'll be several consumed i'm actually looking forward to man that's gonna be a great time
1: well i, I know uh uh twos as he's listening right now i'm gonna tease him a bit but a little fanboy in him will be excited to to sit down and across from you but i think there's like those nights are fun uh just in general, because uh, I, for two years, we didn't do any of it, right? Like we got mm-hmm. away. And now to get in a room with a group of people and ha- share some laughter, which I don't think we do enough anymore either. Everything is so, so serious. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of seriousness out there and we got to be serious about a lot of things and we got we to uncover all the corruption that's going on and, and talk about all the stupidity and, and, and some pretty nefarious uh, happenings. But damn. It feels good to have a, a couple of chuckles from time to time Q and at times, so uh, your shit makes me, well, it, 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 it brightens the day. I think it does it for a lot of people.
0: Well, I appreciate that, buddy. And that's, uh, like we, we've talked, that's, that's the point of, of me doing what I do. Um, I, I've started going around. I've, uh, I've ran this, uh, it's called the creation of QDM. It's, it's an hour long talk that I do live. I've done it, you know, a half dozen times, uh, in, in, in real life in actual, uh, like uh it wouldn't be a town hall kind of thing or whatever but at different uh gatherings kind of thing you know i did it for the surrey watershed district and uh, a couple of times with thanks for farming too and whatnot it's booked a few more times dude like i literally i've got like a powerpoint presentation set up and a projector and a screen and i go through and i just you know I i talk about how this character got created and and uh you know my dad and and the whole story when we were kids and how we grew up and like what it means now and what it does and dude there's just nothing that replaces being in person with people and getting to meet them and getting to have conversations and i just uh i I appreciate everybody so much that that watches and and has fun with my content because the people that appreciate it uh are are usually like super fans like if somebody likes QuickTick, like they're all in, and it's not just like they won't just be there for one political post that I do. <laughs> the best thing that's happened to me in the last little while is like I put, uh, I intentionally put this video out, small town Saskatchewan that I just did about the slow pitch tournament in the Aurora Beach car show on Monday, It's kind of a, is just kind of a maybe a, a warning video to everybody that is like I gained you know somewhere around fifteen thousand subscribers when I when I did the fertilizer ban video. Uh, but I think a lot of people jump in thinking that all I do is, is yeah. just yep. bash the government and talk, which is not. And and you know better than anybody, Sean, like uh, that is not what we do here. Like I talk about anything and everything. We might talk about shit in your pants one day. We might talk about a slow pitch tournament <laughs> one day. We might talk about, uh, you know, small town rumor mills and shit like that. It's just like a variety show. And the people that are in, that are all in, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of them in person over the last little while. And it's awesome. That's why I'm looking forward to, to November so much is to meet people in person. You shake a person's hand and hear their story and talk about, you know, how some of their struggles have have helped them connect with some of the material that I put up or something that I've put up has helped them through it. That's why I do it. I do, man. And I just, uh, I, I can't get enough, but there are a lot of really awesome people out there that, uh, that follow a guy. There's some assholes too, but that's okay. Everybody. no, They, they always come. Opinion. Yeah.
1: Well, it'll be a fun night because, um, you know, I, I'm, I get nervous about these nights every single time. Uh, I've only done one of them, but I got another one coming up uh, on Monday. I'm actually, um, doing a round table with four of the, the, uh, leadership candidates for, for premier in Alberta in Vermilion. And I'm like partially terrified of that, but partially what? like extremely excited. Ah, just cause y- there's always opportunity for failure, right? Like what your idea of something is, mm-hmm. you sit down and maybe it just doesn't translate into good listening. Uh, maybe what the audience wants out of what the people are, right? I, I think about it a lot, right? With you and twos coming, I think about that too, right? Like, I've never done a comedy show before, and although I know you will be great, and I actually know twos will be great, not to pump his tires too much, yeah, he will, uh, man. Uh. Though you two back to back be a lot of fun, it's actually the last part where I sit down and we do a bit of a, a round table podcast in front of a live audience that terrifies yeah. me because to me, I find it super interesting, but what happens if nobody else does? And uh, that nightmare will plague me until we get done it. And well, people are either applauding go, that was a great fucking night. That was a cool ending. I'd never seen that coming. Or you get the, yeah, it was okay. And you're like, okay, dagger yeah. to the heart. Okay. We'll have to yeah. revise that. So I don't know. That's, that's the inner, the inner, uh, Voice having a little bit of fun with me because the more time that's out there between you and the event, the more time you have to think about it I guess is all yeah. is all i I play
0: around with yeah for sure, but i I think the uh the opportunity to fail uh, is something that makes us better as human beings uh because if you just knew that you were gonna do good, I don't think that you would get your best material or have your best events if you just rolled in just knowing things are gonna be okay. I think that unknown and the uncertainty of of how it's all going to go is, is a great challenge to us personally. I think it keeps us honest and I think it makes us strive to, to do better, to have better material, to, uh, to have more engaging conversations. Um, I, I, said it in this, in the, in the fertilizer band video, but I, like, I, I truly believe it. It's not just in crops. It's not just in every batch of calves that we have every time, even that I do a video or if I, uh, if I write a new piece or if I do an interview or do a podcast or, whatever it is that I do, uh, I, I want to do better on my next one than I did on the last one. And, you know, I've got different areas that I'm just like, you know, I think it can improve on this. I think it can improve on that. And uh, if you constantly challenge yourself and strive towards improving every time, no matter what it is that you do, whether it's making a sandwich at subway or whether it's growing a crop or maybe you, you paint vehicles or something like that, that is just, that is what makes us. Human, and it makes us better as humans, is to just challenge yourself. You know?
1: Yeah, actually, Vance Crowe was asking me. You know, Vance uh, was asking me how how full time podcasting was going, and I I I kind of like stumble on my tongue every time it comes up because I'm like, well, it's going good. (laughs) He's like, oh, and I'm like, well, you have to, you know, once you get into it, you're like, well, well, now what? You know, like now I have yeah. to, now I have to make sure that I don't become complacent. And I think the bet it, it kind of goes in line with what you're saying. I, I need to do things that scare me a bit, you know, like mm-hmm. there's definitely possible for failure in this. And therefore I best put a lot of effort into making sure there's no failure there, or you've given it all you can. And if it does fail, then at least you can take a step back and go, well, this didn't work. This didn't work. And I didn't realize about Learned this. So then you can move forward. Right. And that's. That's the UCP debate or round table, as I'm calling it. That's Quick Dick 2's comedy comedy show. Who knows? It could be a home run. Maybe maybe, maybe what comes after this, Quick Dick, is uh, is uh, is like a, a year-long comedy tour across Canada where I'm not wow, doing awesome anything. I'm be. just the producer. I'm just Sean the producer. And now up to bat, QDM, folks. Give it a round of applause for QDM. And I just sit back down and I drink Pilsner and
0: uh, I don't know. That sounds like a very nice evening away from uh away from the farm Yeah, it's uh you know what I've found with comedy is comedy's always kind of gonna be okay and there's gonna be shows I've done shows where I mean they go okay, and then I've done shows where they really really bomb, and then I've done shows where you just blow the roof off the place. you know what I mean uh and you know you kind of take something away differently from each one of those experiences that you have. But I think uh, I think the UPC roundtable is, is a really good challenge for you uh, because it's a uh, you know, it's, it's for high profile uh, guests that you would have and uh, your job as like you, you, I guess, in that situation, be the moderator kind of thing. Your job is, is to is to keep that going and flowing right so that because what you're going to want and I know what your goal will be off the start of this whole thing is you want your audience that's coming to see this to, to see the different platforms that these candidates have to offer and what each one has to offer Alberta, because a guy like you, I know that you're going to be, you're going to see something in each candidate that you're like, that's really good. And maybe I can help them bring that to the public kind of thing, or you're going to have an issue that you know is contentious and you're going to be like, here's this issue. Why don't you guys see who can do the best with it kind of thing. I think that'll be really good for you. I can see you doing really good at that. And you're going to have a good audience. That's uh, that that's, well, that's ready to hear.
1: Here's, here's, here's what I'm hopeful of it because when I watch the debates politically, uh, what really, really irks me is, is like you got 30 seconds. You got a minute and 20. You've got mm-hmm. this. Oops, you're cut off, blah, 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 blah. And I, I, don't get me wrong. I don't got five hours to sit and have this long, drawn out discussion with three Absolutely. people and whatever.
0: You got an audience to retain, right?
1: That's right. But at the same time, I feel like you can have a round table in such a way that the four candidates will get to say what they want to let's be honest politicians are going to want to talk the the bigger issue is going to be having to rein them in when they try and talk for 12 minutes you are going, to, no no no. We, we have to i want to i want to hear his opinion and allow him time to discuss but it's not so much about here's the new question although there will be time for that and let's move on to this person and move on to that we only got 30 a.m. it's going to be more about uh i'm hoping a discussion amongst four people that everybody's looking at going, who do I want to be leader? I always use this idea and I, I'm not sure this is bang on quick a hockey player, you know, leave me alone. But anyways, in hockey, we don't pick a captain by beating up on our teammates. Uh, I mean, maybe some team would, would vote that guy in because they're scared shitless, but every hockey team, for the most part that I've ever played on you, you have a, a preseason And you vote the guy who is the best leader. And Mm -hmm. then you have some others that are voted in or maybe the coach appoints because they can help said leader. And I go, they're all on the same team. This isn't the NDP versus the conservative party versus the green versus the liberal. You get the point. This is Mm -hmm. conservatives versus conservatives in in like two short months, two and a half months. They're going to be working together anyways, no matter who's voted in. I just feel like the cream is going to rise to the top. It's a hockey team. Let's see what they have to say about given issues. The audience is going to be able to pick up the bullshit better than I ever can because the audience yeah. always does. And all you need to do is get them talking and make it feel comfortable and and talk about some certain subjects the audience certainly wants to hear about. Right? It's going to be yeah. Vermilion, Lloyd Minster, Wainwright area. Yeah. Well, what's in there? Um, tea drinkers and, uh, you know actually there are tea drinkers i don't know why i said that but you get the point right farmers yeah. uh ranchmen you ranch humankind, people kind
0: people kind ranching people kind yeah i hear you man and that's think it's that's really good I, I feel like it's uh it's a lot what uh, of what is missing from you know even the the conservative party Canada's leadership uh, race right now and whatnot i get really sick of uh of you know divisive politics and uh, candidates within the same party just taking time to slag each other and I get I get so tired of that shit. I just get to a point where I'm just like, please for the love of God, just tell me what you've got that's good what you're going to do that's good. I already know what I don't like about Sheree. I already know what I don't like about Atchison. I already know what I don't like about Polly. I already know what I don't like about Lewis. Tell me what you're doing that would make me want to support you. Don't tell me what would make me not want to support somebody else. I'll make that decision on my own. You know what I mean? But it just seems like that's the only route that we go down now, and that can that can get. Pretty that's because to the point of where you want to stop watching leadership. But,
1: but I think that I think that's been the way to go for a long time, right? And mm-hmm. there's just never been. Maybe I shouldn't say never. I, I in my short time and what I've heard from people talking about prior to me, that's the way it's been. That's been the culture. And maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, we could build a new culture that is like, you know, like this is how you get ahead in politics. I don't know. I'm I'm too rosy uh, glasses. I I understand that. I just go until you try and it blows up in your face. I mean, you really don't know. I I don't know. I've never seen anything what I'm about to attempt, which I don't think is rocket science. I'm not trying to make that out to be what it is. But when was the last time you saw four politicians sit down side by side and have a meaningful, but hopefully cordial discussion other I, than a debate hope, where it's kind of weird.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I hope you can hold it to that. And I, I hope you have that uh, obviously you will, but have that conversation with them of like, you know, guys, like here's the structure of how I want this to go and how I feel it will benefit this audience for all of you. You know, let's, let's talk, let's talk about what's best for Alberta and, and how you can bring that out. Not, uh, not what's the worst about your, your contender kind of thing or your competition. Right.
1: Well, I'm I'm working on my opening speech for it, just about that, you know, like, like yeah. I'm actually, but I don't know, you, you know, like yeah. best laid plans, Q. Q. Oh, a hundred percent. Like and you know, it's best e- laid plans way, blow up in my face.
0: Either way, it's it's gonna it's gonna be great. I know you'll do fine, and and people are gonna be able to take some stuff away from it, kind of thing. It's just uh, that's that's all we can do, and I think that's a good thing for you to do. Um, you know, even in in regards jumping back to this video that I just did, like you know, there's. There's ways I could have gone about it maybe differently and not, uh, you know, slag liberals so bad or a climate cult so bad kind of thing. But there does come a point in time where you have to call a spade a fucking spade. And there there
1: always comes, there comes a time. Yes. There is. Yeah. What's, Uh, how about this? What's, what's new on on Q's world? What's coming up for you that uh, you're looking forward to or, uh, you know, maybe you got something up that, that's, uh, you know, you're a little bit of nervous of what, what do you got coming up uh, that people so, can pay attention to?
0: I've got, uh, actually the entire month of August, which turns out good because I can barely move here now, but actually I have no shows booked for the month of August. Uh, which is neat because I was getting stretched pretty thin with, uh, you know, back-to-back shows in Winkler. And then you're over here and then you're down in Hartney, Manitoba. Then you're back up over in uh, Steen and Saskatchewan and everything. And you're, Mark, if you're listening, which you're probably not, but if you ever do, man, any podcast or radio interview I've ever gotten onto, just a huge shout out to Mark Rogers, the guy that owns the bar ranch that I work for and uh, run my farming operation underneath the umbrella of his. Uh, The guy's a machine and he puts up with a lot of my shit being gone (laughs) and whatnot, you know what I mean? Uh, But uh, I was actually looking forward to August to being able to get some of my own stuff done and even taking a little break from uploads. Uh, just for a little while to get back on top of of the agriculture operation that I'm a part of because it's kind of important, you know what I mean like this whole quick tick stuff is a side gig um i'm pumped up for a few more of these talks i'm actually doing a it's a a women and egg uh presentation that's coming up in uh in November I believe it is in saskatoon uh which I think is gonna be intimidating because i'm actually gonna be uh in front of an entire audience of of women. Uh, talking about uh, how I created my character. And I've got a really neat story about uh, about my mom and how she supported my dad through uh, some of his mental struggles that he went through. And I have a whole part of this presentation where there's a, there's a stigma out there that, and you hear it lots where you hear there's a behind every good man stands a, an even better woman kind of thing. And the point I try and drive home is that uh, my mom was never behind my dad anytime we ever grew up. Uh, my mom and dad worked together as, as equals and nine times out of 10, my mom was the stronger one out of the two, uh, than my dad was maybe not physically, but, uh, emotionally, you know, and it, it's, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm nervous about it at the same time. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it just because it. the same thing. It's you're out of your comfort zone and, uh, you're either going to do good or you are gonna do shitty. You know what I mean? So
1: I think that, uh, um, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad I asked because, uh, I think um from the outside looking in uh Q, you, you look and you go, you're having tons of success. That's what it looks like. It looks like you, you know, you you just have a way with videos. They just do it. It's super cool to watch. And then you see you start doing comedy and you know, you go, like it isn't that far of a stretch that that you're gonna be good at comedy. And I last time you're on, you talked about some of the struggles, like one night I bombed, the next night I'm you know well, maybe yes. there is a, a future here, right? Um, yeah. I think it's good to to for people to understand that even QDM, uh, the master of disaster himself, uh, can have some things that he's just a little unsure about. And that's okay. Actually, that's probably better than uh, okay. It's probably really good, right? Like those things are what uh, what a person kind of marks on the calendar. Like, okay, yeah. this is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, they're totally good for you as a person. That being said, like, I'm not saying, uh, I guess I'm not really nervous about it. Uh, you know, and I don't know why. And I've, I've experienced that every time I've gone in front of a crowd now, no matter what I'm doing, I, just, I don't get the nerves with it. Really? You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I can, for some reason just jump in front of a crowd of five, six, 700 people. Uh, it was, what was there? It was 1,200 people at the field, of stars event in Langham there. I'm just comfortable. I don't know why. I'm just fine. Maybe it's just because I'm just in my head. I'm just like, yeah, well, I'm probably never going to see 90% of you. You're, a, again you're, anyways, an old, so, uh, you're
1: an old soul for the stage. Maybe, eh? Maybe in a previous maybe, life, yeah, you're I a rock star.
0: Uh, you know, I did get to hug Jess Moskalou. I first, saw so that. Like, I, I saw that. I can basically, I can basically quit now. <laughs> and I've achieved all the goals I ever wanted to. You know what I mean?
1: She was, uh, you, you performed in Kid Scotty and the event before that I actually made, she was the headliner and she was phenomenal uh performing in little kid scotty hall uh i don't know how many people were there maybe maybe 300 i want to say and like right I, I didn't honest to god i i'll put my hand up i had no idea who she was and uh she started uh rocking i was like oh man this chick can sing right like great. yeah obviously great, she looks the performer. part but uh, great performer she's got a great, a great voice band.
0: too it was so cool to see charlie major play there too because the the last best cabaret that i was ever at Uh, was actually in Grand Prairie at Stompede. And I'm talking, this is 10, 12 years ago. And it was Charlie Major that played. And I remember being intoxicated enough that I would sit back down at the table after dancing my best uh, two-step and like incorporating some pretty serious spins. Apparently, I was intoxicated enough to the point where I would sit down and bring my foot kind of up to my chest and blow on my boots like they were on fire. So it was a very proud moment. Very proud.
1: <laughs> Very proud. Charlie Major's. How old would Charlie Major like? Is he oh, looking? Man, he's
0: got to be mid 60s. God, I, I i could just look that up. Still put on a good show. It kind of hilarious. Comes out backwards hat. Charlie Major, if you're listening, I love you. You put on a few pounds since I seen him last, which uh, we all do kind of thing. But that guy literally came out like chewing a piece of gum with a backwards hat on or whatever. And, like, he walks up to the mic chewing his gum and right before he starts singing, he just stops chewing his gum and starts singing. And I was like, man, like, that's talent right there. Like, that's almost like Christofferson just walking up to the mic with a dart or whatever and then taking the dart out and singing or whatever. It's like pretty badass, you know? He's,
1: he's 67. He's 67. 67? So he's still, yeah, okay. still rocking it out. You know, the guy, um, back when Stage 13 was a thing, that'll date myself, that uh, was back uh, close to Camrose. And uh, one of the guys there that year, was george Thurlgood, and oh, i damn. i was uh i was i was only 17 at the time and so i of course being a, a good uh i don't even know is it a this boy, boys a small town is it having a dad who was a truck driver i can't remember why i knew exactly who george Thurlgood was but on came his final song uh was uh, one bourbon one scotch one beer we all know how long that song is it was yeah, phenomenal man. and he passed out on stage with like a oh, wow. texas mickey of I don't know. Whiskey rye, doesn't matter what it was. And he was partying like he was 20, except like here, it, it's it's George Thorogood. I am
0: I'm a sandbag cuz I wrecked a couple of ribs as a 39-year-old. There's George Thorogood like just getting drunk like he's 15 again, you know what I mean? Yeah. And let me
1: tell you, that song did not sound terrible and he passed, like he was done at the end. It still sounded electric. I mean, you're just like, here's this dude just rocking it. This is unbelievable uh and
0: the funny thing about that is though i think that we don't understand is like you imagine how many times in his life that guy's played that song
1: oh man too many and i think I,
0: I think that's one of the hardest things about entertainers is is to go in front of a crowd and try and make it look like it's the first time you've ever played or sang this song in your life when there's parts inside of them like i've heard corb lund says like if i ever have to play uh cows around or truck got stuck in front of a live audience he's like i hate those songs he's like i love them because they made me a lot of money he's like but i just i just hate them it's like i wish i never would have wrote the cow's song which is hilarious because it's like one of his trademark songs but yeah eventually you're gonna get tired of playing them right yeah
1: i yeah uh have you ever on a side note well it's george thorgan have you ever tried one bourbon one scotch one beer
0: uh like, no, I get, well, maybe, maybe at the odd wedding or whatever, but I mean, um,
1: on my brothers, maybe 40th, in that order,
0: maybe not in that order. You gotta, you yes. gotta,
1: I tell you what, you gotta try it in that order. So on my brother's 40th uh, road trip, this is a couple of years ago, we went to Vancouver and back a group of like, uh, I'm going to quickly do that. I think it was eight guys in a van. We drove to Vancouver from Lloydminster and back in the course of like four days. Yes, it was that stupid. And on the last, last night road trip, that's right. We had a grand old time, and on the last night we were in, oh, uh, uh, Hinton, Alberta. Oh, we stopped at this little tiny bar, walked I, in, I and we would just been listening. What to bar were you? There.
0: Was it the Timberland? Was it the? Was it Woodcutters? Uh, I can't remember.
1: I'm not. I'm not even going to say a name because I can't remember. Doesn't matter. All right. Dad uh, used to drive a truck. Everybody, if you go back to his episode, you can hear about you know. Uh, almost losing the farm and things like that. And he he talks about listening to George Thorogood and whatever. I'm and like, oh, have you ever tried the one bourbon, one scotch bourbon beer? And he's like, well, actually, he yeah, had the same look on your, your face. Actually, no, I don't think I have. So we ordered it. I'm not saying it's, it's not for the faint of heart, but the 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 one bourbon, the one scotch, and then the beer, that's all you need all night. Like you have one of those each, and uh, it just warms you up. Yeah, You drink the beer. It calms everything down. You go to bed. You sleep like a just... So
0: was it neat bourbon, neat yes. bourbon, neat scotch, and like a yes. warm beer, or were yeah,
1: and a beer? Is it? A, I, I we had a cold beer. We had a cold what? beer. I'm, we had everything I'm, neat.
0: I'm, I'm putting that on the list. I gotta put that on the to do list, man.
1: I'm telling you, I haven't. Some things you just go, yeah. We've never it's tried gonna, that. Dad's listened to it for how many years, and he never tried it before, right? Like it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I I'd like I could sit around and talk about dads forever, but like uh, man, I've I've had such a such a good time with my dad in the last little while. Um, just super awesome, man. Every day that I get to go out and hang out with that guy and, and spend time with him and and just do anything with, I've just really started appreciating a lot of that in the last little while, which has been the, one of the coolest things about me being back home and the fact that so many people have been looking for BMA in my videos in the last couple of uploads here, whatever, is just. Awesome! I love that people love my dad as much as I do. You know.
1: I'm gonna. I already asked you about this, so we can talk about it here. But this sure. this is going back because I actually haven't done it yet. But I'm coming to Tufnell, and the next time I come to Tufnell, which will be soon enough, it's not for Quick Dick, it's for Big Mustache Al, and we're gonna sit down. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a conversation, me and him, because uh, a I love doing the archive episodes that that uh, there's so much history tied into it. But two, 100%. I'm, I'm kind of just I'm kind of interested. In, Like what your dad thinks at this point, when you can go to pretty much any small town in Western Canada, and there's a good chance there will be a QDM hat, hoodie, uh, you get the point, walking by, and everybody knows who Quick Dick is. And saying that, where I'm at currently, every time I say I'm having Quick Dick on, they're like, you're having who on? And I'm like, don't worry about it. It, I hear you, man. He's a Snapchat guy uh... who made it in, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'm like, it is really interesting. He'll make you laugh.
0: It's, uh, it's, it's super, it's super weird still, even especially now going out into public and stuff like, yeah, yeah. I was in York the other day and I was just coming back through from Manitoba at just snuck in. I knew I was going to miss the liquor store in foam Lake. So I was just like, I just snuck in and grab a couple of boxes of beer and a couple of things on my way home and then keep trucking and like walk in and like a lot of people don't recognize me now because the beard's like slowly coming back or whatever. But like just different hats, sunglasses on, walk in the liquor store, grab a couple boxes of like Great Western, pay for them, come walking out. And I hear from behind me, some young lady be like, hey, uh, have a good weekend, quick dick. With no idea who she was or what's going on. I was like, hey, thanks. I, I appreciate that. Can I get a picture with you? Sure. Come on over. Can you get a picture with some random stranger that knows you and then leaves? Do you want to? Do you want to hear the craziest, uh, your, are you quick dick story? Sure. Uh, sure. So I did this show in Maidstone, right. Uh, for the, for the, uh, Kinsmen and Canets there in Maidstone. Great time. Great turnout. Uh, it was absolute blast. That's the first place I've, uh, as quick dick that I have signed, uh, women's breasts, I guess, which was neat. Uh, <laughs> you know, didn't have any fun with that at all. And then, uh, so the next day I'm, I'm moderately hung over, go figure. And I've got another, uh, it's a a swimming pool fundraiser in Maple Creek that I've got to get to. And that's a pretty good hike from midstone. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I got to get my ass down there. I'm running behind. Obviously want to hang out and have some time with my brother. So I bugger off and I'm hauling ass. I get south to Kindersley and I'm doing like 120. I got my go to town truck and my license plate on my go to town truck is QDM. Cause Why not? Right. Why not? So I meet, uh, RCMP. I'm like, oh, great. But I look in the mirror and they're not stopping and putting cherries on chasing me. So I'm like, well, whatever, I guess I'm fine. Right. And then I look back up and I meet another, uh, member of the RCMP and, uh, he cherries right away, wheels around, comes and gets me. I I pull over. I got my driver's license ready to go. I realized that I did not print out my uh, registration last time I renewed it online. I'm like, oh, yeah, this will go really well. And, like, I'm freshly shaven from the cuts for cancer thing or whatever, right? And this uh, member of the RCMP comes up to my door, and he's like, license and registration, which I had ready to go kind of thing. I hand it to him. He's like, you know, the tint on your windows is illegal. I'm like, sorry, officer. I guess I I, I didn't know it was 100% illegal, but I, I, I know I probably shouldn't have done it. And he looks at my license, which has got me as quick dick with a beard and everything on it. And he looks at my license and then he looks at me and then he looks at my license and then he looks at me. It's like, I, I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, well, I've got this, like, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, I've got this online character called quick dick McDick. This guy's like, holy shit, you're quick dick. Okay. You know what? You were going a little fast. Okay. (laughs) You were going a little fast. Okay. So when you meet one cop, he's like, just slow down. That's all we ever ask, you know, but you were kind of under my threshold and, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, it's an option right underneath it. When you renew it online, you can just print your insurance off at every registration. It's no problem. He's like, I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna write you up a warning for your for your tint on your windows, okay? I'm like that's fair, officer. No ticket, no nothing comes back, and he's like, you please keep keep doing what you're doing, except this. This isn't gonna wind up on the internet, is it? I was like, well, I can if you want it to, and he's like, no, 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 no but uh so to that officer and they that say let,
1: celebrities don't get uh get away with things eh? to
0: that officer that let me off the hook thank you very much appreciate it i will never disclose your name. i, I feel like i've Ben's said
1: that number. you know uh, how was going with no beard i A, that was super cool of you to shave it off um thanks man yeah. you should you should let in case people don't know give them the backstory of that just quick so they understand what you did there because i mean if if you are watching this you're going quick dick trim his beard and if you're listening you have no idea and it doesn't really matter
0: yeah, uh, so I, I came across this last year, uh, the Braden Ottenbrake Close Cuts for Cancer fundraiser. Greg and Leon Ottenbrake do it at a, at a Yorkton uh, every year, and they actually lost their uh, their young boy to, uh, to a, a terminal fight with cancer. I believe he was five when he passed away, uh, and they started doing a fundraiser in his memory every year since kind of thing, and where they just get a group of people together, and just the, the thing is, is it's going to be a head shave, and you just do your fundraiser as much as you can. And then you shave your head kind of thing. They all get together and do it all at once. And for guys like us, man, it's like shaving your heads really as a dude, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's a bigger deal for a girl because you know, your hair and and whatnot is is kind of your, you know, it's your look, it's your thing. It's what you do. Uh, And Greg's wife last year, Leon actually shaved her head, which is as far as I'm concerned, is so brave for women to, to do, for guys to shave their head. It's great. Thank you guys, but we're just a bunch of ugly bastards anyways, and hair grows back really fast, right? Uh but I just knew that there was a lot of people that uh that that were attached to my beard and a lot of people that I'd seen in comments and whatnot that uh that did not like my beard. And I was like, you know what, this be a really good opportunity. I'll shave my head no matter what, but uh why don't we just let everybody decide whether I keep the beard or get rid of the beard kind of thing. So Working with this, uh, the Cancer Foundation of Saskatchewan and Leon and Greg, they actually they did all the, all the footwork for it of, of setting up a page where you could donate to the specific URL and you could pick whether you wanted me to keep the beard or shave the beard and whichever one raised the most money won. Um, and we wound up, wound up raising uh, just over $57,000. Um, just over a couple of YouTube posts and whatnot. And uh, Team Shave It won by just over 10 grand uh, and there were some big donations uh, from a lot of people and it was just fantastic. It just for, for a bunch of Canadians that were coming out of a, out of a, a pandemic and and people that maybe don't have that much cash kicking around. There's people that right from $2 to, you know, $2,000. Anybody that donated, just thank you so much. Um, I've been very fortunate to be able to, to get into a few different fundraisers. This was a great one. And I think it was a lot of fun and, dude it felt really good when the beard was gone head beard gone it was just super weird i didn't realize how much i did this with the beard because the first couple of times like you'd almost like choke yourself because the beard was missing because <laughs> the beard's things, missing but, yeah but it's even weird you'd you'd like look at your shadow on the ground you'd be like who the fuck oh that's me yeah never mind but
1: well a hey, super cool um I you know me i think anytime uh you you uh do things for your community that's that's bigger than yourself and certainly doing something that uh, took away one of the things that made quick dick i thought you know like the big beard was just kind of your personality it just kind of went with everything i thought that was super cool yeah um but i actually yeah, where i was gonna oh no fire
0: this no, is again that's it's kind of a part of i'm such an asshole with a lot of this stuff but it's the reason like that i that i did this small town saskatchewan to upload it's the reason that i did the beard thing um, I say, I, like, I I don't do this to, uh, for for a way of life or as a living kind of thing. And when I get people that are like, you know, oh, you're nobody's gonna follow you or listen to you. You're gonna be nobody without your beard, kind of thing. Soon yeah, but as that's ridiculous that to me. As soon as somebody says that to me, I'm just like, I'm shaving my fucking beard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I I, I, I like I, taking people that say that you're gonna fail at this or this isn't gonna work for you. I'm just like, oh, really? And I'll just jump head first into it, you know. But what you mean? know,
1: you know what I'm getting. At? I, it's your hallmark. It, your beard was 100%. was yeah, was quick absolutely. dick, right? Like yeah. when when we met each other, I was like, "Holy shit, there it is!" You could see. I'm like, "There's the be-. like." You know, it was just yeah, like man, that you. is you. And where I was going with you shaving it off is you kind of get to do what I get to do. Now I'm not by no means putting myself, folks, on the same level as Q, but. I have been sitting in places where all I'm doing is talking and somebody will walk by, stop, look over and go, are you Sean Newman? And I'll be like, yeah, 100% man. Yep. Oh, recognize that voice. I'm like, wow, that's really weird. I mean, yeah. that's really cool, but that's really weird because I don't have a, a radio voice or whatever. I don't, you know, it's, it's my voice. I, I don't it's don't just, it's it's a, just a it's a this matter of opinion. Yeah. But, but as soon as you shaved your, your beard, I, you could probably have walked in anywhere and you know, you it talk was, about being in Yorkton and people recognize you. But having no beard, I feel like, and no hair, you probably could have walked in tons of places, and people wouldn't have had any inkling that, that it was Quick Dick McDick.
0: Dude, it was it was kind of a relief, to be honest. And, like, I, by no stretch of the imagination, consider myself a big deal. You know that of anybody. Just a regular guy. Puts my pants on the exact same way everybody else does every day. I put them in a specially crafted stand and jump off the back of the couch into them, just like everybody else. Uh <laughs> But... uh it, did you hear was,
1: Paul? It, did you hear Paul Brandt talk? I I talked no. to him. I interviewed him, and I told him something along the lines. I mean, who was that? that told me, I think it was Wade Gartner, um, the guy I rent the my office off, or the studio off of. He's like, oh, he just puts his pants on the same way you do, and I said that to Paul Brandt. He just started howling, right? Because he's like, yeah, certainly, right. Anyways, keep going. I'm just side note. but
0: That's uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it it's. I don't know if it's a thing that you ever get used to kind of thing of people, you know, coming up to you and what on. And it was, it was a relief. I could just kind of sneak in and out of a few places. And I guess I didn't realize, you know, like how much you get stopped and people want to see you kind of thing. Uh, but at the same time, I, I had a chat with a, like with a fairly popular radio personality. And I was like, I was like, this is really weird that people stop me all the time and, and get pictures and it doesn't make sense to me. And she's like, when you think about it, you, you, like you're part of their family. Like people will get up in the morning and have coffee with their spouse and watch your video on a Monday in their home at at their kitchen table. Subconsciously, they feel like you're there having coffee with them, kind of thing. And just like, same thing. If a family sits down to watch your upload when they're having supper together, or if somebody's drinking in a shop at night and they put Quick Dick Make Unlimited on there, all of a sudden you're there drinking beer with them. So people think subconsciously that you're just kind of part of their family or friendship or whatever kind of and i never ever looked at it that way until she said that to me and i was like you know i've never looked at it that way um but like that being said i am i'm so humbled and honored every time somebody stops me and just wants a picture with me or wants to say hi or hey quick dick or something like that the fact that people take the time out of their day and their lives to to watch what i do or hopefully share laughter with me and whatnot um i don't know imagine something that i would ever get tired of it's it's very very humbling Uh, imagine being like you know part of people's lives
1: imagine being like don cherry then or something that's like you you can't go anywhere you know you do have to you do have to go uh you got to get on trudeau's planes and go over to costa rica to just get away i mean that that fanfare is a little different but you get the point right like you literally can't go anywhere
0: i i i totally get it and I think everybody that would know me through your uh, podcast would know exactly how I feel about Justin Trudeau <laughs> at the same time, go take a break, get like, get away from people or whatever. I agree with nothing. The guy does. I like nothing about the guy, but I mean, we all need a break from our lives sometimes and just kind of is what it is. Dude, I was walking down main street foam Lake today. Cause I tried to go for a walk to get out of my house a little bit or whatever. And I went to buy a bag of apples. And three people from Vancouver who are out here visiting their family literally stopped me on the street and they're like, we're just your biggest fans and we get a picture with you. And I I, I can't believe so many people watch me and I just appreciate everybody that does. It it means it means the world to me. It's
1: cool, man. It's freaking cool. It, at least from this side. I don't know. I, heck, I'm just, uh, I think it's cool. Uh, but I just go back through like the iterations that I've talked to you, you know, uh, like I remember. You saying to me and a podcast, I don't know if I got enough to say for a podcast. Right. And I chuckle about that every time, especially after, you know, like episode zero of me and Quick Dick, I don't record, you know, like it's the most ridiculous freaking thing ever. And then the best you know,
0: podcast we ever had will never, be never seen. be seen, oh. never.
1: And I can't even bring it up for anyone. Like, it's just not there. Imagine I you just don't click the button oh man
0: the two best conversations you and i have ever had will never be seen we had that one and then when i was hauling bales and, we and like i called right you on the, the phone start of, yeah well, like, was, what a great conversation man yeah uh, yeah you it's, know what it's been it's, a fun it's okay fun some go. things the world doesn't need to see either you know 100 I mean? it's, it's, it's it's cool to have stuff like that too man yeah
1: well it's been a funny just watching you progress honestly it's been a it's been a cool uh cool to see that go. i
0: well, wish I it was one- about you man so
1: well, I appreciate that. I, I just wish it was more in person. So the next time you're visiting your brother. You, uh, yeah,
0: what the hell? Yeah, this is, yeah. We got to get some in-person shit going on here. I guess it's probably, let's be honest with each other. It's going to be the 5th of November, but that's fine. Well,
1: I, actually, I think it's going to be before that because uh, for some reason, I feel like I'm coming to see Big Mustache Al before then, um, the but just in my own brain. He's that's never right. usually
0: far away from Tufnel, So
1: <laughs> Well, here, let's end, let's end with this. I don't think you've done this one yet. So correct me if I'm wrong. We do the the final question brought to you by Crude Master. It's Crude had many. Master. Yes. It's, it's not the very,
0: final five anymore. It's the final one or what? Oh it, it's called
1: it was called it was the final five, then it was the final five minutes, and it's just iterated to to make it less confusing, because I confuse people on this all the time. All right. It's gonna be the final question brought to you by Crude Master. All right. Here yeah. it is, okay. Heath uh, McDonald's been on the podcast. He said, if you're going to stand behind a cause that you think is right, then stand behind it. Absolutely. What's one thing QDM stands behind?
0: Um, I would stand behind uh, the importance of community. Uh, and when I say community, I don't mean uh, like just, you know, a community of top null. I would, I would say a community of, of people, even what we're talking in right now to your podcast audience is a, is a community. Um, What I have on my YouTube channel or social media platforms is a community. What I have in foam Lake is, is a community. Um, I think that standing behind and, or with what you would consider your community is uh, is one of the very few things that we have the ability to do very strongly as Canadians and, and not just Canadians, you know there's a lot of people inside of yours and, and my community that we have going now that are by no means Canadians. they're Australians, New Zealand, maybe they're from Denmark, you know different places. Um, I think it's very important for for communities to to stand together and and be with each other's causes, but at the same time, it's important for communities to be able to respectfully disagree with each other with each other and and hold each other accountable to your views and to your beliefs. And, uh, I, I think if there's one thing that I, that I would stand behind would, would just be to make sure that there's open dialogue within your community of what you have. And I, I can't say enough about communities of people because that is what is going to take us to, to where, where we're headed next. Um, and i feel like uh i have a very strong community of people that that are with me that support me that share my ideas that share laughter with me um and i think community is just one of the most important things on the planet
1: well q as always it's a it's a ton of fun sitting with you and uh, i look forward to november 5th if nothing else big mustache out at some point and uh certainly getting to shake your hand again share uh a cold beverage and uh i look forward to it and appreciate you hopping back on
0: guy i am really looking forward to it as well sean and uh, and thanks as always for having me on it's always great to sit and have a chat with you man and uh i'm not as electric tonight as i usually am but i'm just well, kind of breathing shallow it's, it's cracked you know ribs I mean? so yeah
1: you know yeah it's diving over fence for balls
0: <laughs> guy uh, take care of yourself all the best to you and the family and uh, looking forward to the 5th of november my man
1: you bet thank you sir